What is going on, fellow Summit Chasers? Very excited today to introduce you to Ron Nussbaum on the podcast. Ron is a former United States Marine. He actually spent a decade in residential construction, and while he was doing that, he was doing everything from hammering the nails to running the teams, the jackhammers, scaling the business, and he identified a problem. And I'll let him tell you what that was on the show, but Ron is a great example of why we do what we do as Summit Chasers. He's an extremely humble guy who identified a problem and decided that he was the one to solve it. And that's why he started his company, Buildercoms, which he was actually just on Veteran Shark Tank for, which if I can get a link, I'll link uh, any type of description for that down below as well. Uh, he also has his own podcast, the Construction Champions podcast, that I was actually guest on, so go check that out. Go check out his other episodes too, they're all great. Uh, but this guy is a dreamer, he's an innovator, and as we say on the show, he's a problem solver. And these are the types of business owners and action takers that are what's going to push us as a society forward. The ones that are willing to take the risks, that have been through the grinder and understand the, the issues. They are the type of business owners that we work with at Summit Chasers to create a business that can stand the test of time, that will allow their creativity to thrive and make a difference. But enough about us. Enjoy the show. Ron is an awesome dude. Make sure to comment your takeaways below. Follow us on all platforms. Share the episode if you feel like you got something out of it. Now sit back. Get out your notebooks and enjoy the show. I mean, th that's what you are. That's what some of the best. That's where some of the best innovations come from. Is somebody who's in the industry, whether because you, you were in construction for ten years, right? Mm -hmm. And you you saw a problem. You had a pain point, a clear pain point that you you were on the other side of. And you're like, this sucks. And now I'm just gonna okay, I'm, I'm gonna solve the problem and I'm gonna go create this thing. And if I make money off of it, cool, and solve the problem for everybody. Like it's so it's, it's so cool. Um, and obviously we're just jumping into this, so there wasn't, <laughs> which is great, but Ron, thank you so much for, for coming on the show, man. I, I loved being on yours. I love your story. Um, I love the mission that you're on and I love the product. I, I scoured your, your product quite a bit beforehand. I had a couple of our, actually my own managers look into it and they love it. Right. So it's, it's, it's awesome. So why don't you tell, um, everybody a little bit about yourself and how builder comms came to be? Yeah, so uh, it's great to be here, Zach. Thank you for having me. Uh, I, I'm a problem solver is what, what we were just talking about. Is So I'm a United States Marine that spent over a decade in residential construction, and now I own a software company. And you know, those are some dots that people typically want connected because they don't quite, you know, it's a big, big job. But what happened was why I was in residential construction I've done everything from running the jackhammer to running the company, sales, leadership, management, been to eight figures plus. And there was one thing that I could pretty much guarantee every day. Mm. And that was aggravated customers, pissed off customers, upset customers, whatever we want to say. It's like the industry is just known for we tend to make people not happy. Mm -hmm. And I did. that's not what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, let's dive into this. Let's figure it out. Like, why does the construction industry have such a bad reputation when it comes to customer experiences? And what I found out was it's really never the guys. It's never really the company. It's very rarely the work. Mm -hmm. What it came down to was communication problems. Mm. So I was like, problem, mm -hmm. communication. So hundred percent. So when you say communication, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. When you say communication, elaborate a little bit on communication. What type of communication was a lack of poor communication? What, what, what kind of communication are we talking here? 
So I think you can reach your hat into that bag and pull out anything that you want. So, you know, too often I heard was like, hey, Ron, we wouldn't even be standing here having this conversation if I would have just known. Mm -hmm. Or why didn't somebody follow up with me? Oh, my 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 personal favor is people would go on the website and see that here's Ron. Mm -hmm. He has to know. He's in charge of everything. He has to know what's going on in my project. And I, my phone would ring and I would answer it. And, you know, 200 employees, 30 crews. I have no idea what's happening on that project. I am actually the worst person in the company to talk to. Mm -hmm. So I have to deliver the industry standard of, hey, sorry, I'm not the person. Let me figure this out and I'll get back to you. And then that's when sticky notes get created. And we all know what happens with sticky notes. Yeah. That goes to die. 48 hours later, you have a five alarm fire. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to communication, I, I believe that as a, as a construction, like we don't want to be bad communicators. We just didn't, we haven't had the right tools to be effective communicators because everything's, everything's hectic. There's a lot of moving pieces to a project. And that was the problem is like emails, text messages, personal cell phones, personal emails, all of this stuff gets intertwined and messes everything up. Yes. Because if I'm sending an email to somebody and they think I'm texting them and they don't check their emails and it's something that's mission critical to a project, it just turns into a disaster. So when you talk about what exactly is the communication breakdowns, that that's really a bag of pretty much everything that you could figure breaks down with communication. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff we can also train on mm -hmm. that you have to have without any software, without any systems, like you have to understand how to be a good communicator. And I think that's what really drove me to be the problem solver on this one. Cause I felt like I was a good communicator. Like it wasn't like I was trying to be bad at this. I just wasn't set up for success. It was just something like Sometimes you just suck at things. And then when an industry has that reputation, it's really hard to overcome that. So that's where Buildercoms was born out of. I, I absolutely love that. And communicate, I mean, and that's the same with, I mean, anything. Effective communication is, it's, it's, the, it's what connects the dots, right? And especially in the, the construction industry, if you're dealing with home improvement, somebody has a very clear pain. Like we sell windows, somebody has a busted window and their home's a mess. It's a stress for everybody. So that's their problem is the biggest problem in their world. And as the installer or sales rep or whatever it is, right, you have something go wrong. That's the biggest problem to you. So then you start, there's a lot of opportunities for miscommunication, whether it's mm -hmm. lack of poor words chosen, lack of empathy, or like you said, I chose to email them, but they're, they're checking their text messages, whatever it is, right? So I, I got, I got to know. And I love this, this topic of, it's almost like a David and Goliath thing, right? Because if you look at history, some of the best and biggest innovations that have ever come out in any industry came up from the little guys. You don't see these huge companies taking these big risks, innovating industries anymore because they're, they're, they're safe. They don't, they're, big risks for them are big, 
there's some big pitfalls to that, right? The, the rewards don't, don't, the, the rewards aren't more than the, the risks. So for you, what was it that, what was the straw that broke the camel's back where you were like, I gotta, I gotta step away from doing the construction stuff and I gotta get into the construction SaaS industry and solve this. <laughs> so uh, there's a few different things that conspired for that to be, ha for that to happen. It's like, when you know you're chosen to do something. So for one, I decided, I decided I was going to be the one to go do this. And I went out, so I'm knocking on some doors, you know, I heard a lot of no's because I am like just this dude from, I'm just this Marine that worked in construction and here we are. Now I'm going to be in software. You can imagine what that's like when you're sitting at companies trying to figure out how you develop the software. And you know, originally what this started out as in my mind was just like air traffic control for communication. Like I was just trying to figure out how do I get the right people talking to the right people? And now it's grown into a complete communication tool where not only yeah. do we have the right people talking, we do pictures, video, all this stuff that to begin with, wasn't even like necessarily in my whatever. I just thought this is the solution because I wore the boots yeah. and fighting that down got interesting. But I finally found the right people that were like, hey, you are the guy. Let's do this and let's build this together. So that was, I got accepted into the tenants incubator. Uh, 23,000 companies applied. I was one of less than 100 that made it in there. And I'm one of five that have actually made it to market with a product. Uh, that led to my relationship with Project 10K and Jared Yellen, who believed in me from day one and was like, let's go build this. He has the experience in SaaS and building software and scaling it that I didn't have. So that right there was like, okay, well, on the right track. And then it came down to, you know, I had to make a choice. Was this the road I was going to go down or not? And you know, a lot of times when you're meant to do something, God will intervene. And that's pretty much what happened. It was laid out there is like my only option was either to do this or to have nothing to do with this and to go do something, to just go all in on the other avenue. And I didn't really like that. And I didn't really like the line drawn in the sand. Uh, I thought it was more of an and, not an or. Yeah. Like, this is a solution for this. So I made the decision, me and my wife, that we're going all in on this. Like, this is what I was meant to do, which to bring this software to market and to take on the problem nobody nobody wants to face. So it's amazing that you say, uh, you know, people are happy with where they're at. I used to say that, you know, the, the big dogs, they have very bad communication stuff baked into their software because they've heard it's a pain point, but they really don't want to address it. Now, that's just how I felt being in the industry and dealing with Silicon Valley and all of that. And then I start having calls with these guys because we're talking, how do we integrate? Mm -hmm. And they just tell me, hey, we don't really want to go down the road of doing what you're doing. Like, it's a pain in the ass. Like communication is not easy. Like I have to have the builders and contractors on the right page, the homeowners. Like I'm changing instead of text messaging, we're changing how we do this for the better. So there, there's a there's a hurdle to get over. So it's not that it's easy, 
but it's what has to happen to change the reputation of the entire construction industry. We have to understand that the right tools for communication haven't been built until now. Mm-hmm. And everything that is proceeding to this was only built to be able to say, hey, we offer this, but it's not really what we do. So I don't do anything else besides communication. That's one of my my things is like, I'm building this to be the communication platform. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get, like, I don't want to be a CRM. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be an Angie's List. There's companies that do that stuff really, really well that we can partner with into other, we can make the construction industry a better place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And being able to niching like that, like being very narrow, that's a brave thing to do. Because then people are like, oh, my market's going to be too small. It's going to be too difficult to get into. It's going to be too difficult to scale, right? But really that's a lot of, times, especially these days when there's so, like you said, there's so many other platforms, software, services, what have you out there. So for you to niche like that and stick to it and be the master at this thing, it's a very brave thing to do. And it's it's how you, it's, I think it's part of how you got here, right? And so I wanted to, I wanted to backtrack a little bit and you said something that it and i think a lot of small business owners i don't know if they necessarily feel this or if they have some sort of um limiting belief behind this but you're you had it you had you seemed like you had a true belief that this is what you were supposed to do like you were the chosen one so what about mm-hmm. you right in your mind or whatever made you the one to solve this problem i think because i'm willing to take it on so like, I'm not from Silicon Valley. I'm not backed by $10 million. Like I bootstrapped this to get us to where we are. And like, that is why, like this is construction software for the construction industry built for it by somebody that wore the boots, blood, sweat, and tears on the job sites. I've been there and I built something to fix this. And that's why I'm the one to go do it because no one else is doing that. Now I've, I've met some guys in my journey and there's more Ron news bombs coming up now that'll like, screw it. I can build my own solution and I can bring that to market and actually solve the problem. And I think that's powerful. And I think the more of that, that we have in any industry, in any business, if you're the one with the pain point, be the damn problem solver. Like solve the problem. And then if it's something that is scalable, if it's something that does have value and brings value to that industry, go after it. Like, why not do that? Mm-hmm. If there's anyone listening to this who would be interested in investing in a company like that, the passion that you have, like you have like a very clear mission, like as you build a team, unifying them and aligning them behind this mission is going to be very easy for you because mm-hmm. you're very clearly you a hundred percent. And I, I believe you a hundred percent that you are the one to solve this problem. You have the passion. You've been on the ground doing it, living with the pain of it, right. Dealing with the outcome of the lack of communication in the industry. Right. So that, that passion, that alignment, that mission objective is so clear for you. And has it has it always been that clear or is, has it grown and become more clear over time? I think if it's not growing and becoming more clear or just maturing, then like you're not, we're not doing the right thing. 
Like we've matured as a company. We've done, I have grown, like I have this whole target of a hundred million dollar company doing a, a nine figure exit from this. And like that, inv- that in detail and makes me have to evolve. Like I have to become that man. Like it's not like the company, the company starts to encompass that. I think we can lose this from a business owner's perspective is like we think the company is what evolves but it's actually us as the leaders that have to evolve for the company to go where it needs to go and i think if it's if you're not like where we were at six months ago to where we're at now is a direct reflection of my willingness to continue to learn and continue to evolve myself Oh, took the words right out of my mouth and my brain. Well, because it's 100% true, right? Like, especially when you're starting or when you're, I mean, whatever, like even Sam Walton continuing to improve when he was Walmart, I hear is pretty big company. Up until the day he died, he was always trying to get better, right? It's true. And I think when, and when we're starting a business, I think that's one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs miss is that you, like you said, they are the leader. You're the one leading by example. You're the one driving the ship and directing the ship. You're the one that has to be the innovator. You're the one that has to look in the future. You're the one that has to hold the line and the vision and the mission. And if you're not constantly improving yourself, if you're not constantly trying to innovate yourself, you will fall behind. You will not get to where you want to go. You can't just do it on a, you can't get so lost in the weeds that you're just, you're just spinning in circles, not improving yourself. So what do you do what is you don't have to give exactly your, your regimen, although you gave me some of your regimen before. <laughs> we don't need to talk about ice baths or anything like that. <laughs> but when it comes to business development perspective or personal development, what do you do to continually improve? So I listen to podcasts, I read books, I push myself to the limits physically, because uh, I think that's what helps grow the mind. And I put, I get in the, I get around the right people. Like I'm very selective these days about like who I spend time with or what does that look like? I mean, I think we have to be, I think we can let people that aren't going anywhere still stand around with us. And then if we're trying to go somewhere, like you can't, like, like you can't have a Lamborghini and a traffic jam on the highway and plan on going 200 miles an hour but like that's what it's like when you're hanging out with people that aren't going anywhere or don't have not they can be going somewhere but they're driving a yugo like they're not trying to get there like i'm trying to shorten distances so like i get around people that want to do the same like everybody around me right now is like and talking 2024 is going to be the biggest year of their entire life. I mean, that's what I'm saying to myself. And now I have all these people around me that are talking the same language of what I'm telling myself and planning this stuff out. That's one of the most critical things you can do. And it took me eliminating everybody to go and then finding the right people to put in those positions that okay there's a few things we can unpack there and that because that's very well that's very difficult to do but people get comfortable in many different ways whether it's their income their job the people that they're around and but but then they say oh i want to go and achieve these great things so let's say somebody's in in a similar position as you what advice would you give them if they are again for you i could imagine that it was very difficult you went from construction very different crowd to now 
owning a company, you have all these big goals, all this kind of stuff. So what advice would you give somebody who's looking to make that transition to, okay, I have a goal and I'm going to do everything I can to achieve it right now. What, what's kind of that, uh, when, when it comes to surrounding yourself with the right people, what is a, some advice that you would give somebody? So don't be afraid to write the check. If you feel like you should really be in the room, uh, that's something I held off on for art for too long. Like that's something I really held on to personally, for some reason, I felt like I shouldn't have to write a check to be mm -hmm. in the room. The room should pay me yeah. like some bullshit. I told myself like egotistic right ego, there. Huh? Yeah. But finally coming into 2023, I had told my wife, like I'm going to be willing to write the check. If I feel like I'm supposed to be somewhere, I'm going to do that. And, that, that's how I'm it's how I've now built my network is by doing that. And that there's a lot of power in that. And I think people get hung up on all I gotta say is that like the right people are out there and you're probably gonna have to pay to get around them. And if you hit it off and you make good friends, like that's what it's all about. Like those people are in those rooms for a reason. And if you want to be in them, don't be afraid to write the check. 100%. I think your your network, like you said, your network is the one of the best investments, have the biggest long-term ROI that you can invest in is mm -hmm. the people that you're around. Mentors, like you said, high-level rooms, right? If you're the smartest, most ambitious person in the room, then you're probably in the wrong room or you're just extremely ambitious, which I don't think anybody exists where there's a room where they can be too ambitious for, right? So how do you, how do you right now, how do you pick because I, I was at a I was at an event recently with uh, Patrick Bet David and and one one of the big things that he he was proposing is you got to be very careful and be very selective who you let in your inner circle, and this doesn't this doesn't just include people in your business like people who you have key, key players in your business. This includes everybody in your regular life, mentors, people in if you're in a mastermind groups or whatever it is. But you got to be very selective for people that are in your inner circle. And you had mentioned that you're very careful with people that you surround yourself with. How do you determine who you should and shouldn't? have in your inner circle i mean i'm 39 to me this is like dating like like i'm trying like friend so here we i had this conversation with a good a good a guy that i'm around a lot and i mean i can call him a good friend i can call it like but we're not it's not necessarily like friends of how people think of friends wrong let me state this. We think of friends on how high, like what it's like in high school. And that is wrong. Because if you're going anywhere and you're building things, like people that are close to me now, not like it's very, like it's a handful, like maybe not even a hand, a hand missing a couple of digits probably. <laughs> but it's like, I don't have to go, I don't go hang out with them on Friday nights or Saturday, like go drinking and do this kind of stuff or I don't need their emotional support to get through my life. Like we look at friendships when we're like, I'm almost 40 and people that are 40 still treat friendships like they do when they were in high school. Instead of thinking, hey, these people around me should be evolving with me. I shouldn't be dependent on them. They shouldn't be dependent on me. Should we be here for each other? Absolutely. Because I'm going to tell you if one of those few people in my life call me, I'm going to be there to do whatever I possibly can for them. But it's not this friendship where you need to hoard hands. Mm 
Mm-hmm. It's a friendship where you have each other's best interests in mind, in mind, and you have your life and you have your business and you have all of this stuff going on that doesn't involve just going and hanging out and killing time. And I think that's where people, they get it wrong. And I got it wrong for a lot of years until I started realizing like people only want you as successful as they are. So if you want to be really, really successful, you better get around some damn people that want to be more successful than you are, that have a vision as big as yours or bigger. Otherwise, they're not going to be doing anything to move you towards where you want to go. I love that because you're nail on the head. Again, I got chills thinking about that because when you said this concept of we think of friendship like we did in high school, where in high school it was just, first of all, we didn't have that many choices. A, B, B, they're more like a safety net. Just somebody to go let off some steam and complain about your parents, complain about school, complain about sports, complain about girls or whatever too. And we we keep that, a lot of us, we, we keep that same concept into adulthood and, and in success. And then they become just this comfort safety blanket. Like you said, they're just somebody to hold hands to and complain to, as opposed to friends or somebody who should be in your trusted inner circle. You should almost be uncomfortable around them. You should mm-hmm. almost be, they should almost, they, they should be pushing you or pulling you up, right? They should be, they should be calling you out. They should be calling you an idiot when you make a mistake, <laughs> right? And giving you feedback. All that. They, There should be somebody who wants the best for you and sees your potential and isn't going to let you settle for less. I, I I love that concept. That was that was a great that was a great answer to that. There is one thing because you and I have a similar, not very similar background, um, but similar in the way that we we came into what we do, not in the most traditional way. As in, we didn't go get MBAs <laughs> or tech degrees or <laughs> or whatever it is. And you had said something when we first started, where you would get into rooms and you would you would you would think or you would have at least a fleeting thought. Of why are these people talking to me, right? And that's something that I have. That's something with a lot, of, a lot of business owners, even people that I've worked with when I consulted with Hewlett Packard, even people high up, they had the same issue. They didn't come from a very, you know, again, traditional, they didn't have the MBAs, didn't have the schools, the degrees, or even a ton of specific experience, but they have great experience and they're smart and they're, they're very good at what they do. And they have this imposter syndrome where they're like, why am I in this room? right? Why I don't deserve the success, right? Is that something that you struggle with? If so, how did you overcome it? I think, I mean, it's something that everybody struggles with and you're just constantly pushing through. Uh, I think I, I don't necessarily think I overcome it. I just accept it because I accept this is the reality and this is where I'm supposed to be at. Like the universe is never wrong. It's going to put me in the right spot, but it's up to me to figure out what is the outcome and then to take the action to create that. So you're never bigger. The moment's never bigger than what you can be. And I'm quoting somebody there. I don't know who, but give them credit. But that's the truth. Like, what was that? Sounded good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's like, if we're meant to do stuff, you have to accept that and then like go do it. I, I'm a I'm a firm believer that God won't give you a vision or put you in a room that you can't handle. 
it's up to us to have an understanding of what that ha- what that looks like. Like it's never going to be a, a moment that you can't handle if you, uh, only if you don't let yourself. Like mm-hmm. you can let yourself not handle it. You can get in your own head. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. You just have to accept reality. And the reality is the decisions that we have made have led to this moment right here. And I don't care who you're standing across from or who you're talking to. They're a grown ass man, woman, just like you. And they have, they're trying to create an outcome as well. You know what I have learned from being, I'm a, I'm a pretty intense individual. I've thought I'm intense and I got around some people that are highly successful and those people are intense. Like they they understand where they're going, what's happening and how everybody fits where they need to fit. So it's like, you understand that kind of stuff and you can have these conversations. It don't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's the person that can completely change your life in one conversation. You were meant to be there having that conversation and you better damn well step up to the plate and hit a grand slam because we're not here to hit base hits. Like if you want to do that, then like this is you're playing a different game than what's being played in most of these rooms. I, you're 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 giving me chills, bro. This is I'm just gonna be playing this if I, I, mean, need, if I need like a pick me up. I'm just gonna keep listening to our podcast. <laughs> no, and that's and. That, that is something that, that helped me a lot too. And fairly recently, actually, because again, coming from, from my background, not, not traditional being somebody who was, you know, was addicted to drugs at one point, just wasn't, I wasn't supposed, I felt like I wasn't supposed to be where I'm at. I'm like, how did I get here? Like I flipped, I flipped some coin and landed it too many times. Right. But exactly what you just said, I, the choices I made and the people I've met, the relationships I've built have put me here for a reason. Right. And I, I think one of the things that's that's missing in some of these entrepreneurs, like like we had said for you, you have such a clear, powerful mission that you you could get into room and you're like, I'm accomplishing this fucking mission. I don't care who's in front of me, right? Like I know mm-hmm. I'm the best guy to do it. I'm the one to do it. Like I don't care who you are, right? I'm gonna do it. And I don't, I don't mean that that you're being derogatory to anybody, but I'm saying you're not gonna let yourself feel that way because you have such a powerful mission. I think some of these entrepreneurs and business owners they don't. I don't think they fully grasp or understand their own purpose. So then that's all, that's almost, it allows that imposter syndrome to get into their head a little bit more because they're, they don't have this idea or this concept of like, I'm this, I'm accomplishing this because I'm the one to do it. And there's no other, I don't have any other choice. And that's just what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's, I think that that's a huge, that's a huge lesson. Um, and I absolutely love that. So when you, here's, here's a, here's a question I meant to ask earlier. What was the difference? So you you ran a lot of companies, right? And you were you were in the Marines, ran some companies, and then you started your own business. What was the biggest difference from running a big team from a business that wasn't yours to running a team now that you created yourself? So I mean, at first, that's the the reverse of imposter syndrome. Like you when you do something like that, you have to take a step back. And understand you're no longer that big dog. Mm-hmm. Like now here I am on day one. I feel like I have all this knowledge. Like this is a herder I had to overcome was like, I felt like I had way too much knowledge to be in some of the rooms that I was allowed to be in and I should be in other rooms. Mm-hmm. Like, but 
this is where you're at. Like I made the decision and I might understand this stuff at a different level than some people just because I've been there. So it's my opportunity to be able to help, but then also learn the stuff. I mean, I'm not a software guy. I mean, I'm, I'm st- probably just dangerous enough at this point in time. Uh, you know, I'm, team hates it when I get on the website and think we need to do some edits, you know, and I'm just dangerous enough to get on there and do it. But uh, like, that's the hardest part is when you, when you, you're going from being the, the big dog and now like you're on day one. And for me, that was a big hit to like, I guess my ego would be the best way to say it. Like I was like, wow, man, like I now have this startup and I still, I have a startup still to this day. You can say we have a startup. I don't know when you stop saying that one day somebody would say you can, I guess. I don't, I'm just not in that. I'm not in that realm of the tech word where I understand that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but I had to step back and be like, Hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I signed up for. I have to understand that and I have to embrace it. And there's a reason why that I'm here with the knowledge that I have. And a lot of times when I would go, you know, I've been in multiple accelerators and stuff that I've been invited to. And, you know, a lot of times it's an opportunity to learn, take the tidbits I can from the stuff I don't understand, but also have an impact on people that it's their first time ever doing anything that involves a business or have any employees or anything. Mm. So I'm, that right there, I guess, would be my best answer. I think I kind of went off on that question a little bit, but no, no, no. I can tend to do that. No, that's that's perfect. <laughs> no, and people are listening. Trust me, people listen when you talk, my friend. And that's that's absolutely amazing. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some time right now. I want you to take a minute and pitch pitch builder comes, pitch something, pitch your podcast, whatever you want to pitch. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I like we saw it out with is I'm a problem solver. I saw a problem. That's what Buildercoms is. We are a communication platform for the construction industry. We handle all the pictures, all the documents, all the videos, all your communication. We get it in one singular place and we organize it per project. I like to say uh, we get rid of the he said, she said bullshit in construction and eliminate that. And on to the next thing is I also host Construction Champions Podcast. So if you're looking how, if you want to know how to go to the next level in construction or just in business, I still, it's, it's addressed towards the construction industry because that's what I've been around. I bring on some of the greatest business minds I've ever been around. I think there is gold in every episode. And to me, it's absolutely amazing to do. So if you're doing anything with a business, go listen to a couple of episodes because construction, just because it's construction, doesn't mean it's not some of the most efficiently ran businesses that you will ever see. And I bring on some guys that are doing a couple hundred million in revenue and guys that are doing a million dollars in revenue and it's business. Like, and it's amazing. And I think a lot of people could learn from how the top construction businesses are built, not just in the construction industry, but outside the construction industry on how guys build businesses. And I can attest that his podcast is awesome. 
uh, was on it. <laughs> no, but he really is. And he, he has some great stuff from there. It's not just, we, we, this was a lot of great content. A lot of it was motivational. A lot of it was very, how to get out of your own way, how to create something great. And and that's what a lot of his podcast, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's outstanding. And I, I wouldn't have him on the podcast if I wasn't a big fan of his. Um, so this is our question that we ask everybody, Ron, what is your next summit that you are chasing? <laughs> So, you know, my first public announcement of this, because I committed to my accountability partner last week, is I'm going to write a book in 2024. Uh, I wrote I wrote a book before, but it was about buying and selling a business. I'm going to actually write what is my story that got me to the Marine Corps through construction and into having a software company. And uh, I have committed to that. So that's a huge summit. I'm a, I'm a big believer in and. So I, I've been putting it off and there's no better time than to just do it now. Like I don't have, like, I don't have to wait until builder comms runs its life cycle for me to go do something like that. Uh, as I was told, people need to hear my story and it's impactful. So I better damn well write the book and get out there and tell it. So that's my net summit 2024. That is a badass summit, and I will be buying the book, whatever it's called. I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to be buying the book, my friend. Everybody, Ron, how do you how do you pronounce your last name? Ron Nussbaum. 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 I was pretty close. Everybody, yeah. Ron Nussbaum, huge fan of his. Check out Builder Comms. Check out Construction <laughs> Champions podcast. Ron, it was so great to have you on the podcast, my friend. Hey, man, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode of the Summit Chasers podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed, you were inspired, you learned something that you can use to go and chase whatever your next summit may be. Be sure to like and comment your takeaways from the episode below. Also, follow us on all social media platforms under Summit Chasers Network. And if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to turn on your notifications so you can be notified when we drop new content like how-to videos, business best practices, motivation, and personal development strategies. And until next time, keep chasing your summit. I'll see you on the next one.